Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Best Seller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm here with Dwight Holcomb. He's the author of The Lean CMO. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you, Taryn. It's great to be here. So it's your first book. Congratulations off the bat. Very exciting. Uh, First question, of course, what is The Lean CMO? Lean is there specifically. So what does that mean? Yeah. Well, uh, lean, I think, is uh, it's becoming more of a ubiquitous term, uh, not meaning lean as in thin because I'm past my prime, <laughs> but lean as in a, a new way of thinking in business. So uh, it, people have to move fast. They have to move in a cost-effective way. And so they, in applying this specifically in the sales and marketing area, that's where I focus. It's, it's really important that people continuously every day look at new and better ways and faster and more cost-effective ways of doing business. Okay. So that said, how is a lean CMO different to a regular CMO? What's the distinction here? So mostly in the, in the world of sales and marketing, traditionally a CMO or chief marketing officer has really looked at things from uh, in the old way, which is the number of audience members or which publication, how much uh, share they get in those publications. And so they'll do ad spend based on these types of things, but there's no real return on those metrics. They, they throw it out there, they cast the net and they hope that they get returned back and hopefully they see an uptick in sales. Some people are still kind of caught in that, in that uh, space. And so now in the new model, there's a, a, a specific way of going out and capturing audience where they'll actually pursue your message because they're seeing what you offer because you're tailoring it just to them. So I'll give you an example of a, a client that we've worked with where they have a business where they want to be everything to everybody and they do Salesforce integration. Mm-hmm. And that's great. They can do everything for everybody, but the messaging has to be tailored in a way. So we sat down with the CEO and found out they had done a very specific integration between Salesforce and an insurance platform called AMS 360. And they had clients with great testimonials who could say they had done a good job of this integration, eliminating duplicate entry from the, between the two platforms. So when we created the messaging, we went out specifically to that targeted audience. It's a, it's a, what they call hyper-focused target segment. So when they see that messaging, it, they feel like it's been tailored to them. I mean, they really, it resonates with them. They see it and they feel like, wow, this was, this platform's made just for me. This service is just for me. So they'll seek that out. They'll, they'll come to the site. They'll request an appointment. They'll pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really a different mindset in, in doing what we call finding the ideal customer profile, finding the best fit customer for that business or for that service, and then making sure the message is tailored to that customer. So would you say that's the biggest you know, problem here? That's what's lacking when you compare the traditional to the, to the lean? You want to be able to, you feel like there's this huge market and you don't want to miss any opportunity. 
but sometimes that's the best way not to, for example, let's say that I met, let's, let's say there's a, a law firm and they do, they specialize in bankruptcy law and two people, two vendors come to them and one says, we do everything for everybody. We can tailor whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And the other vendor comes to them and says, Hey, we just do bankruptcy law. And our platform takes you through every step that you would do in a process of bankruptcy law. They feel that that other platform is made just for them and they can, and that, that person better gets their business. And so I feel like in this, in the industry that I serve, there's such a need for this where people have, and it's hard to do. It's hard to internalize that and say, we want to hyper-focus on a specific segment and really target that. Right. So it's tailor-made. So, so let's take a step back, Dwight. Tell us about your business, sort of where you saw this in real time and the void and what you wanted to tell in this book. So uh, my company is called HC Development, and I've been doing this specifically for about four years. I hire out as what's called a fractional chief marketing officer or fractional CMO, and we provide for small to mid-sized software-as-a-service and technology companies a virtual sales and marketing department. So we have a virtual. large, yeah, virtual. So meaning we don't, they don't have to hire somebody internally. They don't have to go through the nightmare of hiring somebody and maybe a salesperson or a director of marketing or a CMO and finding out six months later that one person wasn't able to return on their investment. So we provide a ready-made team with solutions that we know that work and we bring that experience and skill set to the company and we execute on all these different channels. So each member of our staff is a functional specialist. So we have a telemarketing person and a team. We have a video editor. We have a web developer, a graphic designer, blog writer, content writer, press release writer, social media expert, uh, pay-per-click and ad manager. Each one of these people is assigned a very specific function. So all they do is execute very well on that, that item. Okay. So how does this differ with what was in place before you arrived? So... They would have one person doing everything you just said? A lot of times, in many cases, they don't have a chief marketing officer in place, especially in the range of maybe five to five to $25 million in revenue. These folks are, are maybe getting to the point where they're looking to hire a chief marketing officer. They're not sure if they should do that. They don't know what they don't know in terms of the new technologies that exist, the new methodologies like outsourcing and crowdsourcing. I like that. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't <laughs> right. know. And, and they get into this game and sometimes get burnt by things like outsourcing because that's, that's a job in itself mm-hmm. is in outsourcing. But in getting into that space, a lot of times I'll find that either the CEO or they have a, maybe a VP of business development or a sales manager who's trying to manage a sales team and also trying to execute all these other marketing things. They know a lot of times the good, the good ideas exist already, but they don't have the bandwidth to execute on all these different items that they need to do. Okay. Sort of biting off more than they can chew. Yeah. Um, so tell us, all that said, Dwight, these ideas, what kind of businesses is, is all of this applicable to? Is this, is this just for, you know, the C-suite? Is this a specific kind of business that, that your process will be the most successful in? How does yeah, it work? That's a great question, Taryn. So I specialize in, in the software and technology arena, but I really believe, and, and I, I work specifically with the executive suite, but I believe this can be applied to and should be applied to any, any size and type of business. So what would you say, Dwight, is the top tool of a lean CMO? You talked a little bit about the strategy involved. Mm-hmm. So I believe our top tool is what I call the lean CMO blueprint. And I don't believe it's necessarily one specific tool, but it's, it's the combination of both global assets and technology. So by using a team of people who are functional specialists, utilizing those people in the best way so that when I'm looking at a project, I can stay on the higher level of the strategy that needs to happen. And then I can delegate down to the people who are really better equipped and the specialists in that area to, to execute on that project. Likewise, 
by utilizing the different type of technologies. There's better ways to do stuff. And if you don't stay on top of that every day, every single day something is out there. You've got to ask people, you've got to talk to people. And I find that through all of our clients together, there's a network effect that exists. One client will do something better than another client. And so we can learn from each one of them to do business better and create a benefit to all of our clients by transferring that knowledge and those experiences to everyone. C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. What I love about the book is it's, it's really laid out in user-friendly terms. You have being lean, doing lean, leading lean, lean beliefs and decisions. So you know exactly what you're getting in these little snack size areas. Uh, something that struck me, there's an anecdote in which you discuss wrestling in college, and it's sort of this aha moment for you. I just wanted you to share that with everyone. Great. Thank you. So I had the wonderful privilege to wrestle at Arizona State University. The year I, I arrived, I was a, a walk-on I felt very fortunate just to be in the room because I didn't have the skill level that my teammates had. I had to, I was there through just really hard work. But one thing that really, uh, that happened that really ha- was my aha moment is one day we were in, uh, we were training a group of high school students. And I remember the a couple of the wrestlers looking up at me and saying, well, Dwight, show us the single leg takedown. And I just thought, I don't, I'm not good at the single leg takedown. I don't know. I'm not, right. not, it's not my move. And I really had to take a step back at that moment and say, you know, my sparring partner, Ray, this is his signature move, the low leg single. He was fantastic at it. And I had to really just compartmentalize each step of what I knew he was doing well and then try to, to uh, explain that to the, the wrestlers. And I remember going through that process. It really helped me then become a single leg takedown guy. It became my move. And I remember wasn't wasn't long after that being in a match where I executed based on everything I taught. I took somebody down who was definitely a better wrestler than me Mm -hmm. with a single leg takedown. And so I felt like and I know this has happened since then many times in my career where if I don't know something, I force myself to try to teach it. So another example is so we have a client called Geographic Farm in Arizona and they have a sales team. They they have a, a marketing product that is for real estate agents. And so they have a sales team of, of young, hungry, motivated, really talented uh, people who are right out of college or, or still going to college, a couple of them. And, and some of them are really new to sales. And they've asked me, how do you do this? Or how do you handle this objection? And sometimes I know the answer. And sometimes I, I don't really know for sure the answer. And so it's forcing me to research and to, uh, to look into and to make sure I'm on top of my game. But by having to deconstruct what it takes to make that happen, I'm able to become a better salesperson myself. I can, I can honestly say that through that process, I have closed sales because they have helped me learn how to be a better salesperson. Right. So I think that's also part of this whole lean CMO methodology is that you have to be able to reinvent yourself through learning. And by having to explain something, it really forces you to dig deep and make sure you have that answer. And then after Arizona State, you went on to business school. Yes. So I was very fortunate to have been part of what they call an executive MBA program for MBAs. And it's a, it's a global program that's, it's done jointly between UCLA Anderson school of management and the national university of Singapore's business school. And there was about 45 students 
we had 21 nationalities from all over the world, CEOs and executives from every different type of company and culture. And so what I really saw there is that, that people were doing stuff uniquely, not just in terms of how they were delivering business and how they were executing on different technologies, but also how they were dealing with different cultures and different parts of the world, how did businesses were done. And by seeing this, I was exposed to a whole new world of business that was moving at a different speed and, and in a different way than I'd ever seen. So that was also that really had a big impact on me in terms of realizing I need to also apply a lot of different things by using global assets, by using uh, networking and, and collaboration between all these different areas and people. So I really felt like that had to be applied also into this this method of doing business in the, with the lean CMO. Before we started the interview, you were telling me off camera, prior to being a lean CMO, you were a stand-up comedian and had <laughs> yeah. a whole career in the entertainment business. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about that and how that sort of influenced the lean CMO that you are today. <laughs> so that's a great question. I think the comedy for me and in, in the answer is that <laughs> it's such a diverse situation from going from selling telecommunications to stand-up comedy to the entertainment industry, then into being a lean CMO and having my own uh, virtual sales and marketing group. So when I first was selling telecommunications, I was working for a company called Time Warner Telecom, and that was my day job. But during the weekends, I was traveling all around the country as a, a feature performer, the middle guy, who had a decent 20 minutes of, of material. That's a lot of time. And, <laughs> and, and I went to all these different cities, and I was traveling around, and I decided I was going to go to Los Angeles and pursue this. And I got there, and I very quickly realized that uh, everybody was doing the same thing. And it was such a hard uh, market to break into. And I, I met a gentleman named Rick Messina, who's the talent manager for Drew Carey and Tim Allen. And he advised me early on, he said, you know, you're booking these shows by grabbing a headliner who's better than you and booking the show and taking yourself along to the show. That's how you're making it happen. Why don't you become a manager? So I got so into talent So you were manager. booking the headliner and you kind of were a yeah. package deal? Yeah. Oh. I was booking the headliner to get myself a spot to be able to perform. Right. And so that he said, why don't you just be a talent manager? And, you know, this is the, the, with your ability to sell and your experience in sales, this is how you can get into this market. And so from that, I then went out into, I was consulting for a small company uh, I was their interim CMO at that time. And I really, that's where I found this fit of using what I learned in the entertainment industry of, of doing film editing and video editing and, and then also marketing in a guerrilla way, you know, where you go out and have to really get creative in how to using tools like YouTube and, uh, you know, blog posting and writing and, you know, different methods that existed. Social media was really coming to light at that point. And so how to utilize that. And it wasn't just a, a tool for engaging with your friends and family, but it was a way to reach people in a much more intimate and personal way with a message that was very crafted to them. Yeah. Well, that's terrific, Dwight. You talk about the range of yeah. sort of the genesis of you becoming the lean CMO. It's very unique. Uh, and the book is great because it, it shows a real distinction, you know, in terms of uh, the C-suite, specifically a CMO. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks Dwight. for being here. Yeah. And if you'd like more information on the book, just go to our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. It's c-sweetbookclub.com. Thanks for watching. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.